Welcome to yet another HHS pod. I am your host, Mark. Wow. Did that really happen last night? That that was probably the craziest ending to a game I've ever seen. Uh, And I've been watching NBA for 30-something years, and that was... Just that, that shot alone was enough. Like, I literally screamed in my living room. So loud that I scared my wife, who was upstairs. Um, I, after watching that ball fumble away, and then being like, ah, again, I, I, I almost fell out of my chair. That was crazy. And in the grand scheme of things, it doesn't really mean much. But good God, was that fun! I haven't, I haven't seen that much buzz on. Uh, Hornets Twitter after a game in a positive sense since, God, I don't even know when, since maybe three years ago when they were in the playoffs. It, that was just an insane shot. Uh, an insane game, really. I mean, Dwayne Bacon playing like he's an all-star. Um, I love that kid. Uh just watching Kemba struggle shooting, but tally 13 assists and eight boards uh, a night after they beat Boston, where he almost had a triple-double. Like, it's 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 fun to watch them with the young guys out there having fun and just playing basketball. It's, it's the same thing. I, I have got stopped, like, worrying about wins and losses and just watch the games to watch the games now. And just try and enjoy it because basketball season's coming to an end and the off season's gonna be real long. So I have tried to just enjoy these last twelve or so games. And man, they have been fun. Uh nothing makes me happier than than beating the Celtics and and then hearing Kyrie bitch about his coach afterwards because they wouldn't, you know, they wouldn't blitz Kemba. But I mean, honestly, Kyrie, you suck at defense anyway, so I don't think you should really be talking about anything, but that was fun to see them have a, you know, have a, Kemba had a huge game in that game, and then to see them, I mean, that talk about brutal. You're in Charlotte, you play at 6 o'clock at night, so you get done at 8.30, then you jump a plane, fly to Toronto, which I'm not, I mean, I'm not positive, but I, I'm guessing that's got to be at least a three and a half hour flight. Um get to Toronto, get to bed about one in the morning, get up and then play again at six in the evening. Like that's, and then to come out and win. And let's be honest, like, you know, Boston was missing some people and stuff. Um, Toronto had everybody ready to go and they, they, the Hornets took their best punch. And I think they took the Hornets a little lightly and decided, Oh, we'll just come back in the fourth and which they did. But Dude, that team, there's no reason. No reason that team should let the Hornets get out to a 12-point lead, you know, and and just basically out-hustle them. That's what they did. Devontae Graham was throwing himself all over the floor. That, that he had a, I want to say it was maybe in late in the third, where he 
missed a shot, got his own rebound, and kicked it out for a three, and then stole the ball like 10 seconds later on the inbounds. He was just, he was everywhere. Bacon has been playing great. Miles Bridges has been dunking everything. I think he has 10 dunks in two games. Like, that's crazy. Uh, and then you got, you know, Lambo. Basically, basically Kemba, Lamb, and, and Marvin are the only vets that are really playing. And they're doing their jobs. You know, Kemba's, Kemba's leading. Lamb's coming in and helping off the bench and grabbing boards and hitting 50-footers. You know, and, and Marvin's hit some big threes. And he's helping keep the guys organized on defense. Like, you can see, you can definitely tell the difference in the Hornets defense when Marvin is on the court with any of the other steps or when you have the vaunted comp defensive combo of Frank Kaminsky and Willie Hernan Gomez. I mean, there's a serious, serious drop off, but I mean, they've been, they've gotten through. So that's, that's what you got to do. Um, yeah, I, I still, I'm like my, I still can't really wrap my head around that, but I wanted to talk about, Nick Batum, and I, 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 there's still Batum apologists on on you know in the Hornets fan base between you know Facebook groups and 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 uh, Twitter and it just boggles my mind that people still really think that that he's a positive to this team. Um, and I'm not saying he's terrible, but for 25 million dollars, you got to be more than neutral, right? And you're not, you're seeing it now. We heard Borrego talk about how they wanted to play faster. And in the, the, the last two games, you're seeing it. This team is going up and down the court. And I mean, yeah, they're taking, maybe they're taking some quick shots and stuff. But they're, run, they're running with the pace that we thought we would see all season. And I'm wondering if maybe Batum is not comfortable running that, you know, running that offense. And maybe that's part of the difference with him out is that they, they can run with the pace that they want. These young guys get out and run. And these young guys haven't played a lot. So they're hungry, and they want to make plays. They want to dive on the ground. They want to go after loose balls. The vets, some of them, I mean, Marvin can't turn it off. You know Marvin's going to dive. Um, same thing with Kemba. Kemba's going to take charges. Lamb's going to dive for balls out of bounds, you know. But some of these other vets, man, they're like, nah, whatever, we lost, we're losing, we suck, we're not making the playoffs, so why bother, right? Well, when you when you turn that around and you get guys in there that are that are trying that they don't care if they're not making the playoffs, they are gonna play hard. You're gonna sneak up on teams like Toronto. If we see it every year at the end of the year, where teams that should have no business beating playoff teams catch a team that, that are taking them too light, and then all of a sudden they pull out the win, you know. But it is really good to see the vets or the, the young guys out there playing. But I, Malik Monk just, he, it's pretty sad that he, of the four young players, real young players we have on the team, he just looks like he is overmatched out there. And... You know, he gets bullied down low by guys that aren't that big, but they're just stronger. You know, and he gets, he had an end, he gave up an N1 uh, last night. And he just, he was in position, sort of, 
but he got his body turned, and the guy went right through him, and he bounced back like 30 feet. Like, you can't do that. Um, so I don't know if it's physical or mental or what with him, but he's fading. And he's currently, I, w- I would say, solidly behind two second-round picks, one of which is a rookie, a rookie point guard in the pecking order of this team. And Bacon is snatching his minutes. And I, Monk is either going to be trade fodder this offseason to try and get off of a bad contract, which I'm okay with. Um, if we're confident, like, because at this point, we got to start making decisions for the future now. And one of the decisions that has to be made is if you're going to, if you're, if you think Bacon is your guy, then he needs the minutes. You know, you can't do the... I mean, they, they did it with Monk early in the season where they were splitting time with Lamb. And finally, Lamb just took the minutes. Like, they couldn't do it anymore. Um, and you're going to see that again if they think Bacon is the, their guy, which, I mean, on paper, Bacon is bigger, stronger, um, attacks the basket better. He doesn't have the, the ridiculous athleticism that Monk has, but he's certainly not, you know, glued to the floor by any stretch of the imagination. And his three, his three ball has come around. So if, if he's shooting better than Monk, he's a better defender than Monk. And he's more physically capable of, of playing against starting level shooting guards. Then you're going to have to go with Monk and, or go with Bacon and Monk's going to be the sixth man or, Seventh man, or at this point, you know, who knows? We don't know what the roster is going to look like next year. But you can't have a whole lot of confidence in the fact that he's going to come in and, and, and be a consistent contributor. So at this point, if you can flip him to another franchise and, and have that be the sweetener that nets you, you know, getting out of a last year of MKG's deal or Biombo's deal or something like that, then that might be the best use of your assets. That way you're not giving up a pick in this year's draft or in the future, but you're actually you're actually thinning down your roster in the point that the dude's not going to be a starter on this team as long as Bacon's here. So even if... And then if you don't know... Who knows if the Hornets go all in. Let's say the Hornets make a mini run here and they do make the playoffs and they look good and Kemba comes back and they lambed the market for Lamb isn't what he thinks it is and Jordan ponies up that money to bring Lamb back. It's not likely, but crazier things have happened, especially if you can flip Monk and get off some get off some contract. You know, maybe all of a sudden then you bring Lamb back Bacon is your is your backup, and we're right back to where Monk isn't seeing the floor anymore. So th- there's a lot of a lot of concerns with him, and it, it seems like and he might still develop. We all know that guys develop at different different rates, but I don't know if he's going to have the time to develop here, or if we're just going to develop him and then decide that it's not worth him, you know, a second contract for him. And then he'll go on and play somewhere else. Why not? Why not at least get something back for him 
and get us out of this crap load of terrible contracts and and move forward that way. And then, you know, maybe next year, I hope, Batum comes off the bench. You know, because the 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 amount of the, the apologists with Batum, I got kind of sidetracked. Um it's it's baffling to me. He's not a he's not helping the team. I did I looked up uh in the the games that he hasn't played and Kemba has played, all of Kemba's stats are up. And people say, well, that's because you know he's not sharing the ball with Batum. And it's like, but that's not necessarily so is that a bad thing? Um I've been saying for a long time. They brought Batum in to take the load off of Kemba as the point guard, and I don't think that's good. Let's let Kemba be the point guard. Let's let him do what he does. And let's surround him with guys who know what to do when they, he hits them with the ball. You know, it's not a surprise that he's able to get these assists. The surprise is that, that guys are hitting shots when he hits them with the That's the difference. Kemba has always been a willing passer. But when you have, I mean, when you have guys like Stonehands Biz down there and he hits, Kemba hit him in the last three games, he's hit him with at least one perfect pass to go right up with it and he fumbles it. And he doesn't actually, he either gets fouled, which Kemba that doesn't get the assist, or, or he just misses the shot or he dribbles it out of bounds or it goes out of bounds. You know, those are all things that, those, after those happen over and over again, you start to forget. You start to forget that Kemba's still trying to set guys up. If if guys are hot and, and and are finishing, I mean, Cody Zeller is one of the worst at finishing. It seems like anybody else can pass him the ball and he'll finish. If Kemba hits him on the inside with that little wraparound, he fumbles it every time. And these, you know, these are the things that I see on on social media a lot. Well, how come Kemba's assist rate so low, or how come he doesn't? pass the ball enough. It's like he passes the ball a lot, but we got to have guys around him that can, that can close. And that's what you're seeing with these young guys is that they're, they're not settling for the jump shot. They're, they're going on the roll and they're taking it in or they're, you know, or they're, they're catching and finishing at the rim, which we haven't seen a lot. So that's why you're seeing him with, you know, 23 assists or 22 assists in the last two games. It's because he's, he's still making the passes, but guys are actually, finishing the passes that he's leading with, you know? So, um, I just hope Batum takes his time coming back. I don't know what's wrong with him. This is an illness. Um, I don't know if it's benchitis or if it's, you know, he's got the flu. It could be a million things. But I, I, I would really, I don't want to see them change back to what it was while we're winning. Like, that just seems like a terrible idea. So, Let's just run with the kids, um, and and hopefully, you know, who knows what'll happen. Maybe they'll still miss the playoffs, but at least, at least they feel good about themselves. At least the young guys feel good about themselves. And it looks like Kemba's having fun playing basketball again. And the last thing I want to touch on is the idiotic thought that I've seen on Facebook and on Twitter that Kemba was somehow pouting because he didn't get the shot to win the game. That might be the dumbest damn thing I have heard or read or seen this year. 
you have to put yourself in his shoes. He saw that ball rolling away and just like the rest of us went, oh, there it goes. Game over. Lost another close one. But then when that ball went in, he stood at half court in shock. Just, I, he, I think it took him 10 seconds to realize that, holy crap, that ball just went in. You know? He was the first one to congratulate Lamb on the game winner in Detroit. He was the first one to, you know, when Lamb hit that dagger a couple weeks ago to put him up. I don't even remember which game that was, but he he's all, he, Kemba's his boy. Kemba and Lamb are, they're, you know, really good friends. So the, stop with the crap. Stop trying to act like he's Kyrie or some shit. He, he, he's happy when they win. He wants help. He was just frustrated because he thought that ball was going away, just like the rest of us. I threw my hands up. I was just like, oh, here we go. You know, that, so acting like he did that, you know, he was mad because he didn't get to take the last shot. It might be, might be an all-timer for bad takes. So that's all I got for you today. I will check in with you guys soon. Thanks for joining me. And have a great day.